mystery. At all times, it lingers around us, whispering in the depths of understanding, calling us to lean in further, to explore more, to ask the big questions. Faith and fact, certainty and the unknown. Can they dance with one another to not be at odds? Revealing the divine mystery at work in creation and embedded in all of existence. Unfolding that which is not seen, but always has been. I wonder. How many of you love a good origin story? Like, you know what I'm talking about? When, a story that explains where things came from, how they came to be. I'm not talking about, like, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story or anything like that. Uh, I'm talking more about things like how Peter Parker became Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we love that story because it's so unlikely. There's this kid. I mean, look at him. He's dreamy anyway. But he gets bitten by a spider, and, you well, you probably know how it all works out. There's another one, like Tony Stark, how he became Iron Man. Um, he's a little more likely to have done that, but still, what a great story. There's uh, another story of Amala Delamini. Y'all know who this is? She was, she was born in Tarzana, California. She would release songs as a teenager on SoundCloud uh, and it would eventually blow up on YouTube and on Instagram, going live for hours and hours at a time and would eventually become the award-winning just wild, wild, wild recording artist known as Doja Cat. Um, we've been talking about this, this origin story of the universe in this series called I Wonder. The series has been largely about the relationship between faith and science and how uh, those two things can cause us to ask some of the biggest questions in the human experience, questions that sometimes cause people to walk away from their faith altogether. Um, so how do we not let that happen? As we finish off this series this morning, we want to finish it in a way that hopefully ties it up, right? That answers all those questions, right? I mean, that's why we're all here. That's what I've been saying for the past three weeks that we've been in this sucker. We're like, come on week three and you'll have all the answers. And we're kind of going to do that. And we're kind of going to do that with blocks, um, yeah. Anybody ever played Jenga before? It's so good, right? Um, when building a Jenga tower, there are obviously some pieces in the tower that matter more than the others, right? And there are some pieces in the tower that matter less than the others. Like, let's just say this one, for example. Like, this little guy can, oh my gosh, he can come out and it's no problem, right? The whole tower still stands. It's still structurally fine. It has integrity and stuff like that. You can mess around with the blocks at the top, and it's not really going to change things as far as the whole structure goes, right, in, in the big, big scheme of things. It's when you get down towards the bottom that things really start to get shifty, right? But we're not going to do that right now. We're just going to talk about um, the pieces up here at the top, because our faith is a lot like a Jenga tower in a way. Like, there are some things that when it comes to our faith, they're like not that big of a deal. We can learn them, and it might change how we, uh, it might change the appearance of our faith, it might change the look of it, it might change the shape of it, but at the end of the day, it's still our faith, and it still stands strong. Like, for example, the name Jesus 
no one would have called him Jesus at the time. Whenever he was walking around, if he said, Jesus, Jesus would have just kept walking. He wouldn't have heard you because that wasn't how you would have said his name. Jesus is an Americanized version of his Hebrew name, Yeshua, which would have been a very common name at the time. It's actually where we get the name Joshua. So I don't know how it evolved or devolved into Jesus, but that's how we say it here in America, not how they would have said it then. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Like that just changes a little bit for me. I still have faith in him, still the same guy. There's another concept like, that could mess with you a bit where it's like, did you know that once Jesus, um, he, uh, he actually spit on the ground and he made mud. And when he, when he spit on the ground and he made mud, he smeared the mud on this blind guy's eyes. And then um, the blind guy could see, you know, like, that's kind of gross, Jesus. Um, I don't know why he would spit on someone's face, but that doesn't change my faith too much. Um, so, but what's the foundation of our faith? Like, that's all top of the tower stuff. Things that'll change the look of it a little bit. But what's the foundation of, of our faith? Like, what's down here at the bottom that's really, like, holding the whole thing up, right? For some of us, I, I think it's, like, three major things. And so you can listen to these three and try to decide which one it is for you. Number one, Bible stories. Like, at the bottom of our faith are these Bible stories that are, are so foundational. They are the crux of, of what we believe and why we believe it. Stories like David and Goliath, you know? Like if all of a sudden we found out that David wasn't real and the whole thing with Goliath never happened, we'd be like, no! Don't worry though. It's true and it's real. Noah's Ark, Adam and Eve, stuff like that. Bible stories. For some of us, it might be other people's expectations. Like we come to church, we do what we do. We might pray, we might read our Bible because someone has always told us to, because we're, we're made to. That's, we grew up in a Christian house and we're expected, like in my house, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord, right? And that's how it is. We've never questioned it. We've always just accepted it because, well, we've never had to. It's just always been foundational, right? For some of us, it might be a tragedy or a trauma that happened in life. And now this is where it gets a little gnarlier, but I see this at people's foundation a lot because there is a place where you're struggling. There's a place where things were difficult and you maybe cried out to God and you said something like, if this doesn't happen, I will believe in you forever. I will know that you are real because you experienced such deep pain and tragedy and loss. And then God redeemed it in such a way that you have no way that you can believe in anything other than God. You're like, God is real. I'll believe him to the very end, no matter what, because he came through and I will trust him. Now, these things are pretty good foundations. Like if you have Bible stories or, or a, a great family around you and their expectations on you, right, to, to love Jesus, um, or even something hard that's happened in your life, and that's the foundation of your faith. Like, that's pretty good for a while. But the problem is, all of these things are still shakable. All of those things are still shakable because what happens when someone challenges your foundation? What happens when someone starts to pick at the very thing that you've built your whole faith on up to this point. It starts to get kind of scary. Oh my gosh. 
For example, wow, that's really hanging on by just one block right there in the middle. For example, <laughs> for some of us, science will shake our faith because the creation and evolution thing just doesn't make sense, right? For others of us, it will be when a mentor in our life that we have looked up to, who's taught us everything, who's been a pillar of our faith, who said, we've looked at and just said, like, they are the embodiment of Jesus to me. What happens if they just die unexpectedly? What happens if there's a moral failure or a scandal? And, they, and you say, like, what? Everything you've ever said, was it all just a lie? And therefore, is everything that, that God said because you loved him so much, is it all just a lie too? Is God even real? It can really shake the foundation of our faith. What about when your mom's prayers aren't good enough anymore? What about when the songs that you sang in VBS just don't hit the same anymore? You know what I mean? They're like, it, it, it seems so real then, but looking back, why are these vegetables even talking, right? What about when a youth staff leaves and a church maybe didn't handle it too well? What about when friends betray us and they stab us in the back? They said that they were trustworthy and they wouldn't be these things can shake the foundation of our faith and we have a decision to make at that point. And we've been talking about how, you know, this foundational piece in this series called I Wonder where the earth, it might be six billion years old, it might be six days it took to, to build the thing that can really shake our faith too, but this series is more than science. Because look, if someone can shake your foundation, then all of the faith that you've built on top of that foundation can come crashing down. If someone can challenge your foundation and get you to believe something or challenge it so much, look at this. That's a sturdy faith, but look, Bailey, it's not sturdy enough because this little sucker right here, he won't cut it. He's not good enough, right? Eventually, it'll come crashing down, but here's the good news. It doesn't have to be this way. The good news is that 2,000 years ago, Jesus, you know, the one that we pronounce his name wrong, the one that Christianity is completely based upon, he was born and he lived this perfect life, and then he died on a Roman cross and we believe that Jesus was God. And we believe that he did this, dying on the cross, for us. In a way to, sh to show us who God really is. In a way to show us that God is really filled with love. That he's really filled with compassion and mercy and forgiveness. But here's the thing that makes Christianity different. Because a lot of people died on a cross. But none of them rose again. None of them rose again. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 2 through 6, here's what happened. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and said, going to the tomb, that Jesus, remember, he had just been brutally murdered on a cross, and he was put in this tomb. This is three days later. Uh, there was a stone put in front of the tomb to keep robbers and people from, from robbing the graveside or messing with the body or anything like that. And uh, so this, this stone was humongous, and it was rolled away. And uh, on, on top of it, this angel, his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards, there were these guards, right, to make sure that stuff like this wouldn't happen. They were so afraid of him that they shook, and they became like 
dead men. The angel said to these women who are walking up and who discovered the thing, they said, the angel said, don't be afraid for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. They were going to pay their homage, pay some respects like we visit gravesides of friends or loved ones who've passed away too, right? But he says, Jesus is not here. He's risen just like he said he would. Come and see the place where he lay and see that he's not there. And you don't have to be a scientific genius to know that things like this don't happen. But since this moment, 2,000 years ago, the Christian faith has been built on this foundation. The resurrection. And that is a foundation that won't jiggle, jiggle, or fold. Um... When you build your faith on the resurrection, this is not a perfect analogy, obviously, but, dude, this thing isn't going anywhere. I promise you that. And if Christ had been raised, this is what Paul said. It was pretty cool, writing to a church in Corinth. He said, if, if Christ had, had not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. This is his way of saying that, like, if the resurrection didn't happen, nothing else would matter. Your whole faith would crumble down and it would fall apart if it was built on anything else, just like I said, just like those, those Bible stories or other people's expectations or, or whatever, like, it, it'll, son of a gun, it'll never be as good as the resurrection, a faith built on the resurrection, because this one is never going anywhere and this one is never going to change. Basically, without the resurrection, everything else is pointless. And notice what Paul doesn't say in the passage. Paul doesn't say that if, if the earth wasn't made in six days, then your preaching is useless and so is your faith. Like, if that was the foundation... Well, some discoveries may come out. Some science could be revealed. It could be different or something like that. But that's not going to shake the core and the foundation of our faith. No, because it's the resurrection. It's not on evolution. It's not on dinosaurs. It's not on this other stuff. It's on the resurrection. Everything else has to fall in line because that really happened. Paul didn't say if Jonah wasn't swallowed by a, by a big old fish or whatever, then your preaching is useless and so is your faith. Paul, Paul didn't say if Adam and Eve didn't talk to a real snake in the garden, and if it's discovered that Adam had a belly button or whatever, then your preaching is useless and so is your faith. If, if two animals of every kind on the entire planet didn't get onto a boat um, at the time of this global flood, like maybe it was local. Maybe all the animals didn't get on. It doesn't matter because that's not the foundation of our faith. The foundation of our faith is the resurrection. Even the people who killed Jesus said, truly, this man was the son of God. Hundreds of people saw the resurrected Jesus, including his own brother, James, and says, you are the son of God. You're God himself. A brother wouldn't say that. Hundreds of people wouldn't say that. Hundreds of people wouldn't all be together seeing Jesus, eating a meal with him before he ascends for eternity, creating a space for us while he's waiting on us, right? The, histor the history is there. It's all proven. It's all true. It's all real. And everything else has got to be based on that foundation. So am I answering all of your questions? Maybe not. 
does this, does this really answer the question about dinosaurs and everything like that? No, not specifically. But the answers are there. And I don't want us to stop being curious because that's the whole point of this series is to continue to be curious and continue to ask questions and to continue to build your faith on the thing that matters most. To build your faith on what matters most, and that's the resurrection. People have been doing this for, for thousands of years, and it's the only unshakable faith. It's the only one that will not let you down. Whenever everything else crumbles down, the resurrection will still be there standing strong, and you can start to build on it again and again, and it might look different, and that's okay. It might look different than somebody else's tower, and that's okay. The point is that you're curious, you're asking questions, and that you understand that we're not alone. We're all doing this together. There might be things that some of us disagree on. There might be things at the top of our tower that we disagree on, that we see differently, right? If we all agree on this, we're going to be all right. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. To learn about our mission, gatherings, and more, please follow us on Instagram at rbyouth or check out our website at riverbend.com students. If you were encouraged by this message, please subscribe, rate us, and consider sharing our channel with a friend. Available anywhere you get podcasts.